0: Hello, my name's Christiana, and welcome to the Oceanside Community Church podcast. We're a church in Parksville on Vancouver Island with a vision to be fully devoted children of God, fully mature in Jesus Christ, and fully alive with the Holy Spirit. We welcome you to join us weekly on this journey. For more information about our church, visit our website at oceansidecommunitychurch.ca or download our mobile app. We pray that you'll be blessed and equipped by today's teaching. Chapter one. James chapter one, James comes after the book of Hebrews. If you're not familiar and I encourage you to bring a Bible if you can and read it on the written page. And we also have Bibles in the back there that we'd love to share with you or you can take home. But in James chapter one, verses two through four, he says, consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters. Whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance, and this is the verse I really want us to focus on, let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. This is the word of the Lord, and if you believe it and want to live it, say thanks be to God. Amen. You may be seated. Well, my title this morning is Christian Maturity, Persevering in the Slow Work of God. So, I love speed. I like things fast. Uh, I love things done quickly and efficiently. And I love making good time especially when i'm driving so i'm pretty much your worst nightmare on a road trip uh, because i will push it to the last possible exit, uh, and we had some scary moments on our road trip to Pennsylvania this summer, where you know we almost ran out of gas because I'm like, just one more exit, we can go one more exit. And uh, so, if you have a small bladder, you don't want to travel with me. And I'm a bit of a, a speed demon on the roads, and I'm sorry, uh, but I would love to. I would love to race cars. I would love to do that. Um, I think it'd be a lot of fun. I love. Uh, to make good time, I'm often kind of weaving lanes, you know, left lane, right lane, uh, as I drive. I love to try to take corners without braking and just, you know, maximum efficiency where I never have to slow down. And lately I've been really frustrated because I feel like the world's really trying to slow me down. So first, out here on Highway 19, which was 120 kilometers an hour for the longest time, And then all of a sudden they take it back down to 110 there, which is, you know, and that's my daily commute between Qualicum and here. And so, you know, that was bad enough. And then they change it if you keep going, right? Now it starts at 90 earlier on your way to Nanoose. And I'm like, what? I used to just have cruise control, 120 all the way from Qualicum to Nanoose, no problem. And then uh, on the road above me, Rupert Road, I come back from my couple months away and all of a sudden, it went from 80 to 50, uh, that's, which seems pretty extreme. And then below me, down on Crescent Road to the south, they got all these speed bumps there. And I just feel like the world is trying to take away all my fun and trying to slow me down. I feel your judgment being directed towards me. So you can pray for me. But look, we live in a hurried world, right, where we want fast everything, fast roads, fast results, Fast fame or success, immediate results from our life and its efforts, immediate impact from our work. We want things fast and we want them with fireworks. And that's true of our faith in our Christian life as well, that sometimes we want maturity fast. You know, we grow frustrated when we don't see results right away, when we don't feel God's presence right away the way we want to when we don't experience maybe deliverance right away, or when a community of faith doesn't turn out to be perfect and meet all of our needs in the first few months, when our life group doesn't all become best friends right away in a couple weeks and instead is sometimes hard and relationship building is awkward. We are impatient for results. Let me just kind of introduce what I'm saying here with a fairly uh, well-known quote by Pierre uh, Teilhard de Chardin, and he says, above all, trust in the slow work of God. We are quite naturally impatient in everything to reach the end without delay. We would like to skip the intermediate stages, but it may take a very long time. So above all, trust in the slow work of God. And this is how it is with our faith, and this is part of what James is getting at in this passage when he says, "...to consider it pure joy when we face trials of many times, for we know that the testing of our faith will produce perseverance, and that we let perseverance finish its work." Why? So that we may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. So there's three quick truths here that are quite obvious in verses 2 through 4, but let's just kind of spell them out, that your faith will be tested through trials. It's going to happen. In fact, in Thessalonians, it says you're destined for trials. Verse 3, testing, though, is an opportunity for perseverance. And then lastly, perseverance, according to James here, is essential for Christian maturity. So, let's unpack these truths a bit. Why would we respond to trials with joy? Well, James clearly gives the answer in verses 3 and 4, namely that trials will produce a deeper, more mature, and more certain faith, so that you may be mature and complete. Faith cannot be strengthened if it's not tested. If it doesn't have to persevere, I mean, if faith is just believing when everything is going well, when we're feeling nothing but blessing, everybody's being kind to us, all the people around us are just so easy to love, relationships are going great, well that doesn't really take a lot of faith or love to continue on. And certainly won't give us opportunity to grow in faith or love through perseverance Because faith is kind of like a muscle, right? It needs to be put under strain and sometimes even tested in order for it to grow. And so faith is actually best exercised and therefore grows stronger through trials, through hardships, through unknowns, through suffering, when things aren't actually going the way we want them to go, when someone is difficult to love, for it's then the opportunity exists to exercise faith, strengthen it, awaken it, and to let perseverance finish its work. As the saying goes, a smooth sea never made a skilled sailor. If we want to be a mature Christian with a strong faith, we have to be tested by the waves and by the storms of life. So that the skill of faith and endurance and perseverance can grow. And when we do that, our faith not only becomes stronger, but it actually becomes more essential and central to our lives. Thomas Paine says that whatever we obtain too cheap, we esteem lightly. And if our faith or discipleship is easy, if it hasn't undergone testing and trials, it won't become central to our lives because we will esteem it lightly. So in this passage from James, we see a, a three-way relationship between trials, perseverance, and maturity. Trials create opportunity for perseverance, which leads to the potential Christian maturity, or we could kind of work backwards and say Christian maturity cannot occur without opportunity for perseverance through trials. The only road to true Christian maturity is perseverance over the course of time and testing. But the problem is, of course, we want our faith to be fast. We want quick transformation. We want the shortcut to Christian maturity, but it doesn't exist. And what we need is perseverance. We need a lifelong pursuit of maturity. And it's what Eugene Peterson called in this book here, a long obedience in the same direction. And the subtitle here is Discipleship in an Instant Society. Let me just just read you a little bit of what Peterson says, because uh, it's so profound. And he's a very experienced spiritual leader and pastor, if you're not familiar with him. But he says, it's not difficult to get a person interested in the message of the gospel. But it is terribly difficult to sustain the interest, meaning to get them to persevere. Millions of people in our culture make decisions for Christ, But there is a dreadful attrition rate. Many claim to have been born again, but the evidence for mature Christian discipleship is slim. In our kind of culture, anything, even news about God, can be sold if it is packaged freshly. But when it loses its novelty, it goes on the garbage heap. There is a great market for religious experience in our world, but there is little enthusiasm for the patient acquisition of virtue little inclination to sign up for a long apprenticeship in what earlier generations of Christians called holiness. So how do we fight this temptation for fast faith? How do we instead cultivate a mature faith and hope and love that is able to persevere over time and produce maturity? How do we practice, verse 4, to let perseverance finish its work? Well, there's lots of answers, but I want to make two specific applications or suggestions for how we might persevere and mature in Christ. So how to persevere in the slow work of God. So what results in Christian maturity? But one thing I want to focus on is to intentionally choose long-term discipleship over short-term shortcuts. Discipleship is a lifelong apprenticeship with Jesus. And the problem is we often want those immediate or speedy results. You know, we think, well, I started giving, why am I still struggling in my finances? I'm reading my Bible every day, why am I still feeling depressed? I went up for prayer, why have I not yet been delivered?" I'm reading this uh, devotional right now called The Sacred Slow, A Holy Departure from Fast Faith uh, by Dr. Uh, Alicia Brit Chole, And she says in our world that since information travels at rates approaching the speed of light, We now expect transformation to do the same. I want to share with you uh, this illustration or uh, graph that I uh, came across a while back that I found helpful. It's about progress and perseverance and how we are the product of our long-term habits, not just for uh, short-term periods. And it's called the plateau of latent potential. And on the left, you have your results. And on the right, you have time as it goes on and we expect things to be linear right as time goes on we expect results just to go with it but what this says is we often expect that progress to be linear at the very least we hope it will come quickly in reality the results of our efforts are often delayed it is not until months or years later that we realize the true value of the previous work we have done this can result in what it describes here as this valley of disappointments, which is where we often give up, where people feel discouraged after putting in weeks or months of hard work without seeing the results. However, this work was not wasted. It was simply being stored. It is not until much later that the full value of our previous efforts is revealed. In other words, it's a long obedience in the same direction that produces results. We need to let perseverance finish its work, even through the valley of disappointment. And what I thought about when I saw this graph here was Galatians 6, 9, right? Let us not grow weary in doing good, for at the proper time, maybe not when we expect it, maybe not when we think it will happen, but at the proper time, We will reap a harvest if we do not give up. This goes well with the story of our church here, particularly over the last uh, seven years or so. Uh, Those first two years, and some of you know the story, we were a very, very small group, and uh, Hannah and I came, and there was a lot of work being put in by the congregation, People were praying, we were gathering, we were visioning, we were dreaming, we were doing all kinds of things, we were working really, really hard, but there were no immediate results. In fact, I mean, at, for a time in those first couple years, we went in reverse because people were dying, people were moving away, and so we were actually shrinking, and we were down to a very small group of people. And of course, some people said, well, it's not working, and, and gave up, or lost hope. People wanted faster, immediate results and weren't willing to go through that valley of disappointment that accompanies, honestly, almost anything of significance, to let perseverance finish its work. And this idea of long-term discipleship over short-term shortcuts has tremendous application for our life together in a local church because long-term discipleship takes time in community, because we can't grow toward maturity until the trials and the testing come. And those come over the course of time in committed relationship. And, you know, the truth is almost everyone loves their first six months or maybe even first year or a few years in a church, right? It's new and exciting and, um, you know, new people and we're growing. Things feel pretty easy. We're, we're excited to come and meet new people and hear from speakers that are new and hear different songs. But eventually things slow down they lose their excitement, I become boring. We realize the church is not perfect, right? A leader or a pastor lets us down or does something we don't like or a conflict or disagreement happens in a, in a group or a ministry. We hit the valley of disappointment. But what we can do is see those actually as opportunities for perseverance in our Christian community, something that can help us grow and mature in the long term. And if we don't, the problem is that we repeat what we don't repair, right? And if we don't face whatever the issues are that are causing these things, we will just continue to repeat them because God has your long-term interests in mind. He wants you to mature, so more than likely, you're going to face it again. It's going to come up somewhere, so we might as well deal with it so that we might grow and mature in our faith. We want long-term discipleship, mature disciples of Jesus. I mean, I'm not interested in just giving people a good experience for six months, one year, 18 months, whatever it might be. I don't want that to be my legacy. I'm interested in long-term, rugged discipleship. And one of the reasons we're running Alpha is we want it to be a, a catalyst for helping you be a lifelong disciple. We want you to dig deeper, to explore questions, to dig in together. You might be like, 12 weeks is such a long time, and a weekend, but yeah, I mean, discipleship takes time. I can't say I believe in Jesus and not put in the time, because discipleship is long-term and ongoing. The last application and just a closing uh, suggestion on how we can persevere and mature together is we prioritize the local and embodied over the large and the entertaining or disembodied. I was reading an article by uh, Pastor uh, Tish Harrison Warren entitled, Preaching for Proper Names. The local church is small and placed for a reason. And she, I think, actually uh, accurately states that, you know, we're just naturally attracted to what is large and, and to grandiosity. But one of the church's most important and prophetic callings and challenges right now is to remain really characteristically local. And she quotes Wendell Berry, who says, the things we love tend to have proper names. And I love this. In other words, we cannot love the church or the world or our neighbor just abstractly or in general. Right? They must be real places and real people with names. Actual people. And she cites uh, modern, the modern temptation, I think especially with uh, the ubiquity of live streaming these days and those things, to chase after the large and the entertaining and the, the well-produced and you know maybe the best that we can find, instead of our focus being on the actual people around us in our local community, those actually here among us. And we have to talk about the dangers of this, because as Warren rightly says, disciples are not usually formed in mass audience. They must have proper names. You know, and in other words, uh, as as pastors on this side, we can't disciple people we don't actually know. Uh, And then all of us as a church on the same side, we can't be discipled by people we don't actually know. And when people ask me what I, what I love about uh, this church and our church, you know, I say that, yeah, we've grown a lot over the years, but we've been able to really maintain that small, intimate, and family feel. And part of that is just the, the setup that we have that I love, because you can't hide here. <laughs> like, this is not a big building. Right? And so we're going to rub shoulders with each other. You know, we're going to smell each other's breath uh, out in the lobby, and you're going to notice the gray hairs in my head. And, you know, thanks for pointing it out. And all of those things, right? We get close to each other. But that's a good thing. You don't just, uh, you know, see other people or leaders kind of on stage in fact we we ban that word we're not allowed to say stage we want just want to use the word platform this is not an entertainment piece uh this is just something where we can you know see you a vehicle to be able to see everybody and i love that you know we can look out and see every face in the room and and know pretty much everybody by name and to be honest i mean as an intensely introverted person uh it's, it's really hard. It terrifies me because I'd kind of rather sit in you know, some back room, come out and speak, and then go back and hide. Uh, that's just kind of the way I am. But I know that that's not good for me, right? And it's not good for you either. And it's especially not good for our Christian discipleship together. So let's do this together. Let's embrace the slow work of God's in relationship and in discipleship, persevering through trials, moving toward our vision of a family of fully devoted children of God, who are fully mature in Jesus Christ, fully alive in the Holy Spirit, living as God intends and loving as God loves. That's our vision. That's what we're always trying to move toward. And it takes perseverance to get there. Landing can join me. Next week's a great time to start and invite others to start with you as we do our fall launch. It kind of gives people a reason to return. We just find people need a reason sometimes to come back after a while to find their place in the local community. And so there's several people that you might have in your life. One might be those who have disengaged from the community of faith for whatever reason. And if you're interested in their long-term discipleship, really being disciples of Jesus, I encourage you, invite them back into the community of faith. The others might be those who have never tasted the community of faith, who have never been in that, who don't know Jesus, who don't know what it's like to be in a committed community like this. This is a great week to invite them back. And it's also kind of a pre-launch into Alpha. And maybe they'll be interested in Alpha. I mean, you could change someone's life and eternity and the trajectory of a whole family. Thank you for listening to our podcast. Be sure to connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, or YouTube, or download our mobile app for more content. If you're in the area, we hope to see you soon. Until next time, may the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ richly bless you as you live by His Spirit.